Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to Bits of Gold, episode 117. Today's episode is all about unlocking a better future and the power of incremental change. Welcome back to another episode of the Bits of Gold podcast. If you're new here, first off, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Second, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. More subscribers help attract more amazing guests to help better serve you with amazing content on how to live with purpose. Now let's get to it. Do you want to unlock a better future? Do you want to make incremental change in your life to live a life of greater alignment, doing what you want, and the things that bring you energy? Well, that's exactly what we're talking about today. Today, my guest is Elliot Arnau. Elliot is a professional life coach and creative consultant and has supported artists and brands including GQ, The Strokes, record label Noah, and The Fader. His specialties include creative coaching, men's work, and empath coaching. One bit of gold that really stood out to me in this episode is the power of incremental change. Elliot speaks to it and you'll hear us dive deep into it on this episode. But we often think of our lives like a Nike commercial. You know, the brand, the advertising, our entire life has told us to just do it, to go for it, to take that leap, to take that jump. But the reality is that oftentimes that's not practical. Sometimes it's not even possible. And what Elliot highlights is that you can actually make massive transformation in your life by just making small changes little by little. That was a super powerful bit of gold, which actually blew my mind. Knowing that I can transform my life by just doing little things consistently over and over and over again and pushing the wall back a little further every single day, every single week, every single month, my entire life can transform and so can yours. I know you're going to love this concept and now let's welcome Elliot to the show. All right, Elliot, welcome to the Bits of Gold podcast. Pumped to have you on today. Happy to be here. We had a, a brief chat a couple of weeks ago and loved what you're building in your coaching business, how you go about helping people, and excited to share a little bit about your story, your journey, and your coaching practice today. Cool. Thank you. Very happy to be the uh, 100 and what, what is this? The This will probably be like 120 something. All right. Very <laughs> happy to be the uh, 120th. Uh, most interesting person you could uh, get on the show. Amazing. <laughs> Just to kick this one off, would love if you can introduce yourself, who you are, what you do. Sure. Yeah. My name is Elliot Aronow, and uh, currently I run two businesses, one of which is a creative consulting company called Studio L's, and the other which is a coaching practice called Coaching with L's. And uh, a lot of my work actually exists in the overlap between those two spaces. Uh, I've been a professional life coach for five years, specializing in supporting entrepreneurs and creatives. And then I guess within that subset, I also am very fluent in men's work. And so uh, while not all of my clients are men, I would say that about 80% of them are. And so I would say that what I do kind of sits at the intersection of, uh, for lack of a better word, cool shit and 
self-actualization. Mm. What drew you to coaching and how did you decide to become a coach yourself? Uh, <laughs> this is funny because we, we talked about this a little bit when we were chatting last week. What led me to coaching was frankly, like my life just falling apart in a very scary and profound way around 2012. <laughs> and so up until that point, I was kind of running around in the music and fashion industries downtown, hanging out with a lot of musicians and celebrities. And I guess they weren't called influencers then, but, you know, <laughs> cool people. You know, I had my bespoke suits and my bachelor pad in Williamsburg. I had co-founded a music company called Record Label, RCRD LBL. Before that, I'd worked at the Fader and Spin. And so I was very much like, you know, sort of like a young creative go-getter, you know, on the scene. Like many in New York, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, again, I, I don't regret that. I don't demonize that. I mean, I had a fabulous time. Like... When my only concerns were like smoking weed, hanging out with LCD sound system and like making sure my shoes were on point, it really wasn't a bad life. And I had money to blow. It was certainly a, a fun, not necessarily enlightened time, but it was a hoot. And so my music company was sort of on the cusp of being acquired. And then at the very last minute, that didn't happen. And they basically said like, you're out of a job. <laughs> and so wow. it happened on my birthday, October 1st, which uh, I thought was kind of terrific. <laughs> what a birthday gift. <laughs> yeah, well, in, in many ways it was, right? In hindsight, it, it certainly was. You know, that began, I would say, like a solid nine-year cycle where, you know, I, I wasn't booking work. I had a pretty intense like weed addiction that I quit pretty much cold turkey, which took me about two years to kind of um, recover from. I just had a lot of dysfunction in my relationship with money, which of course leads to dysfunction in your marriage. I went on strike against life for about three years and just basically didn't want to get out of bed or do anything. You know, just those days that you're embarrassed to talk about where you don't put on a shirt or like brush your teeth until three o'clock in the afternoon. And mm. so all of that, all of that dysfunction, all of that sort of challenge had led me to like anybody just look for, okay, like what's one thing that I can do to maybe have this suck a little bit less. And so I started just going to meditation classes. And from there, that kind of gave me some insights into, okay, you know, the mind is a computer, which kind of led me into other forms of healing, you know, breath work and uh, EFT, also known as like meridian tapping. Basically, like I was really unwell in my financial, creative, spiritual and emotional lives. And I needed to get better. And so mm. I don't think that exactly answers your question of why I started coaching. But I think that for me, 2012 is where the path splits from like downtown cool guy to someone who is on a much more interior journey. Mm. It sounds like it was really a complete transformation, obviously not overnight. Let's just go backwards to 
when you thought your business was going to be acquired. Take me through that moment because it sounds like leading up to that, really everything in your life seems to be, you know, you were you were this cool dude, awesome business, smoking weed, cool bespoke suits, great business it sounds like. And would you say that was like the triggering point that where everything changed, where that snapped for you? Yes, absolutely. And in, in terms of the veneer of the life that I was very carefully assembling for myself, that was the moment in which I was no longer able to project the idea that I was impressive. Mm. The deal goes south. Your business is getting acquired. Why do you think you went to this dark place as opposed to, hey, maybe there's someone else who I can work with, collaborate with, acquire my business? I'm curious why you went there as opposed to that other place. I've asked this question myself. I would say that when you're on a path to serve, it's ultimately up to whatever you want to call it, you know, spirit, creator, the entrepreneur fairies. They kind of put you in that direction. And to be honest, you know, the initial sting of it wasn't so bad. I mean, I found another job within like maybe six or eight months it wasn't like I was just, you know, floating in space. Like I was actively trying to look for work, get things back together. The real sort of pit of it, I think, happened between about 2017 to like 2020. That's really when like the rubber hit the road in terms of things, uh, you know, really getting challenging for me. But uh, it wasn't like my business wasn't acquired and I laid down and died. You know, it's just that I couldn't, uh, as they say in New York, you know, I couldn't get arrested, man. Mm. No one wanted to take my meetings or <laughs> really return my calls or see how I could help them. Mm. Got it. That makes sense. And did you think about, hey, why don't I try pivoting the business or do something different or start a new business entirely? Well, now would be a good point to mention that, you know, I was a co-founder and creative director of the business. I was not the person responsible for selling it, coming up with the financial plan. I was the make it cool guy. Mm. So uh, I had business partners. And so these things were mostly in their domain as opposed to the areas that I could directly control. Got it. That makes sense. So once you went down that path of, it sounds like somewhat depression where you know you really were having a tough time getting out of bed, brushing your teeth at 3 p.m., was there one thing that made you snap and realize, hey, I, I need to change what I'm doing here? Yes. I mean, I I just felt like there had to be something else out there. And I was very determined to find out what it was. Because all previous to, to those experiences, I always had things that really lit me up. You know, I've been a music obsessive my whole life, been very, very, very into clothes very into culture and film and fine art. And all those things kind of like receded and just got like kind of gray. And so the question that I would try to ask myself is like, what's going to light me up? What's going to be the thing that gets me really excited? I mean, like a lot of kids that moved to New York, like I was a really tenacious, active, participating go-getter. And so this was kind of an anomaly for me in my life to almost feel, I mean, it's depressing to say, but to almost feel like a victim, you know, because mm. I, I wasn't used to being in that energy at, at all. But to answer your question, I would, I would try and find the one thing that could light me up a little bit. 
even if it was just for a couple hours. And for you, you started getting into meditation. Once things started to get better and take a turn in a more positive light, what was that like? And would you say you just had like forward momentum from there? Or was it like three steps forward, one step back? Definitely three steps forward, one step, like five <laughs> steps back. It was it was very uh, chaotic, you know? There's always that uh, meme on Instagram of like what people think healing is like. And you start here and you climb a ladder. And then it's like <laughs> what healing is actually like. And it's like basically like all these crazy zigzags and circles and like inverted shapes. So yeah, it was a bit of a grind, man. But I also think... Spirit doesn't throw anything at you that you can't handle. And so all of that dysfunction, all of those experiences, I think really have enabled me to be a very empathetic coach. Because when someone comes to me and says, ah, you know, Els, I'm, I'm having this big problem with my marriage. I, I come and say, yeah, I've been through that. That's okay. Or, hey, you know, I'm, I'm really feeling like a, a loser these past six months. Like I haven't booked any meaningful work and I could say, yeah, man, I I know what that's like, you know? So I tend to sort of look at all that as fuel for having a wider range of experiences and being able to integrate them, which I think is one of the most powerful skills that a coach can acquire is, again, having lived many, many different lives before you became a coach so that you can meet people where they're at on so many different levels. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. Can you speak a little bit to, from a mental standpoint, I'm curious, more from an intentionality standpoint, when you were chasing the business early on in your career to then sort of seeking your enlightenment to now as a coach, as you thought through being intentional in your own life, like it sounds like, you know, you were sort of chasing early on more money, the status. What was that like? And how did that evolve over time? Well, for me, it was very exciting. Because I've always been involved in music since I was 15. I was really active in like the underground DIY punk scene in New Jersey and New York. So being around, for lack of a better term, like funky bohemians was always a zone that I felt very comfortable in. And even when I was 15, I found that from putting out my own records and booking my own shows and going on tour with bands that... I kind of just vibed out with artists in this way that felt very natural and like unforced to me. And so moving to New York, it didn't so much feel a total like status chaser, although I did. In, it was fun to be like, I'm friends with the Strokes. Mm. Like, oh, I hung out with Mark Ronson last night. Oh, I, I went to this like GQ party. I mean, all that shit is fun when you're in your 20s because that's what you think is going to make you happy. I wasn't, I wasn't uh, you know, doing anything bad. I was just doing the best I could with what I knew. And so in my mind, you know, to live in New York and to be a successful artist, I thought that was like the best thing that could happen to me. I thought that if I could achieve that, most of my problems and insecurities would go away and and I'd I'd be on, you know, Gravy Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny how how, you know, we have these perceptions or ideas that once we achieve this dream or this thing, everything is going to change in our life or, you know, a lot of people have that when we get their mentality, everything's going to be better then, but it rarely ever is. 
Well, you know, I, I work on this day in and day out, not only with my clients, but with myself. We have this tendency, especially as entrepreneurs and uh, go-getters, we have this tendency to really hold our happiness hostage until the level up comes, mm. Just ex which is exactly what you just described. Well, once I sell the business, I'll finally be happy, right? Once I cleared, you know, 250K in revenue for my coaching business for the year, then I'll finally be able to relax and look in the mirror and say, you know, Wells, you're a pretty successful guy. And so I always have to remind myself and my clients that you need to really focus on grabbing that stuff now. Where's the happiness there's already in front of you? And if it's missing, what are some actions that you need to take to get there? Because I would say that for the life that I was aspiring to, I definitely saw the top of the mountain. I got flown around the world to speak at music conferences. I had plenty of money and savings. I was financially irresponsible and still wound up on top. In terms of that sort of ego lifestyle, I did real well. Mm. But, you know, all of my insecurities and all the parts of myself that were really self-conscious and like deeply uncool and you know, sort of self-hating and needy and uh, dysfunctional. None of those things, of course, went away, you know, when I had some lewd and an and a enviable Rolodex, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely weird. I feel in New York or really in probably any major city, you know, there's really just that go-getter mentality. And it's interesting how so many people who like come out of school and move to New York, again, or probably any major city, the mentality is just like, go, 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 grind, grind, grind. Need to make as much money as I possibly can. Need to climb the ladder. Need to sort of keep progressing. But I think sometimes that's a slippery slope as well because, you know, you rarely start to ask yourself, is this really what I want or what do I really want? Which I think are really important questions to ponder. Yeah, well, again, that's why for me, that whole experience that I went through in 2012 through 2019, it basically stripped me down to the bolts because I couldn't rely on any of the things that I thought made me valuable or cool. I had no business. I had no meaningful income. All my cool friends went on to keep making records and going on tour. And uh, I was in bed in my apartment in Brooklyn, <laughs> you know, like, like broken, confused. But with that, I was able to come out of it and say, wow, you know, I, uh, I really love helping guys navigate this terrain. I really like helping creatives get out of their own way. I really enjoy doing things that I used to do just in a different way. You know, I mean, I, I still write and creative direct and do consulting for a range of different businesses, but I'm, in, I'm able to do it in a way where I can really sit down and, and say, how can I serve? Instead of like, what can I get? Mm. What are these people going to give me? I orient my day around being a giver. I can give you my time. I can give you my perspective. I can give you a magazine that I write, you know, but I, I try to really orient myself around not chasing things, but rather giving things that are already inside of me. Mm. That's really interesting. That's a hard place to get to. Well, I, I've, uh, I paid the bill a long time ago, so I, I guess maybe I'm, I'm able to eat some of those apples now that I've uh, planted the tree. 
let's talk about the pursuit of money for a second. You know, one thing that I read recently, which really stuck with me, was how sometimes your desires can be conflicting. And a lot of people who are entrepreneurial or go-getters who are chasing in some ways, they want that success, they want the money, they want financial stability, but they also want freedom in being a creator and the freedom that comes with being a creator. What really resonated with me was that those are really two conflicting things, right? Like the freedom to create and the financial stability. I see you're shaking your head, kind of, maybe not. I'm curious if you think that those are conflicting or if you think those can be one and the same. I do not think that they're conflicting. I'm going to lovingly challenge you. Yeah, let's uh, do it. As I would a coaching client. I think those things are more tethered to like our parents' generation. Again, we kind of spoke about this last time. This idea that you have your passion on the side and then you have this thing that you don't enjoy that you have to get through every day in order to uh, sustain yourself. Yeah. And I think for me, you know, a lot of uh, my dysfunctions around money were necessary because I was able to see what a sort of myth that is, that creativity and money, I see them as inextricably linked to one another. Because when I wake up every day and say, what do I want to create? I can create a new relationship with a client. I can create a email to send to somebody that I want to get to know better. I can create a really cool experience with one of my coaching clients. I can create a challenging experience when I go to jujitsu and get choked out by a 13-year-old. <laughs> I see it as the sort of essence of life is creative energy and money is a, is a byproduct of how creative you can be. Mm. There might not be one answer for this, but what do you think is like a healthy mentality to adopt around money? <laughs> Next, you're going to ask me for like sex advice and then how to fix the government, right? <laughs> okay. Well, again, as a coach and as a human, I'm always interested in getting to the goal behind the goal. So to me, money doesn't actually mean very much, but safety and a sense of accomplishment about what I'm doing means a lot. And so I would say that if you want to have a healthier relationship with money, you probably want to look at the goals behind your financial goals and say, what do I really want here? For a lot of us, we want to be seen we want to feel connected. We want to feel as though we have the freedom to experiment and take risks without it destroying our families or our marriages or our livelihoods. So does that kind of answer your question a bit? Absolutely. I think a lot of people fall into just a trap in terms of lifestyle creep as they get older and they start living above their means or on par maybe with their means. And then it the ability to experiment, the ability to try things, to be willing to fail gets more challenging if you have to sort of keep up with, with your lifestyle. Well, again, I'm always interested in the root cause. Mm. So if you feel like you're living above their means, that probably means that there's some challenges that you have around money or worthiness. And God, I say this not as any kind of Buddha from the top of the mountain who has uh, transcended all earthly concerns. 
I say this because I've lived these experiences and at times I still live them myself. And the thing that's helped me to really make quantum leaps is looking at my relationship with all the things that exist beneath the money. I think money is a is a very surface level, not super interesting point of departure for changing your life. I think all the stuff underneath that is really where the spice and the growth is. Mm, it makes a lot of sense. So I know in your coaching practice, you know, we spoke about previously not delaying happiness and not delaying things that are important. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Important to you in your life, whether that be something cool, something that you want to do that you feel is fun. How do you recommend people integrate fun and cool things in their own life? Mm, great question. Well, for one, you have to decide for yourself if it's a priority. Because a lot of the time when my clients tell me they don't have time for something, I'll kind of gently push back and say, what I'm really hearing is this isn't a priority for me right now, right? I don't have time to meditate for 15 minutes a day really means this isn't something that I'm prepared to make space for. And so I think if you could find a bit of a clearing where you can carve out time to say, it's really important for me to have fun. It's really important for me to be creative. Then I think it's a little bit easier to put one foot in front of the other and kind of do the doable, you know? Mm. I also tell people that, you know, we talked about this before. I'm a very sort of vocal critic of like the Nike-fication of life. I really hate that Gary V, just do it, be epic, be a superhero. I think for the guy that's just struggling to make it through the day and deal with his wife and kids and his job, I think that that attitude is really a toxic bullshit dream. And so I tell people, what's like the next doable thing that's maybe like 10% of your comfort zone? So if, if you want to have more fun, maybe you don't need to have the most fun, but maybe you can try something every day that gives you 10% more fun than you had the day before. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. So obviously, you know, there's a lot of that Gary V type content, go after it, hustle, grind. Personally, I think some of that content has been started to be muted a little bit and more is around happiness and things like that. But what's a better mentality that people should try to embrace? What do I want to create today? Straight up. What do I want to create today? Do I want to, do I want to create a new relationship? 
Do I want to create some assets that are going to increase the value of my business? Do I want to create an environment in my home that feels spacious and uncluttered? Do I want to step towards a challenge? I think when you wake up every day saying, what do I want to create? It helps get you out of the neediness. I mean, I think what's so challenging about the whole entrepreneur scene, and again, I've been there myself, so I say this with no judgment, is there's a really big culture of neediness, right? Oh, I got to secure this round of investment. I need this client. And so we turn all of these things that are outside of ourselves into oxygen. And then we become just like children, right? We become very needy and cranky and unpleasant when we don't get the shit that we want. And so when you wake up today and say, what do I want to create? I think that it helps to unwire some of that must-haveness that can be so prevalent in our scene. Mm. What if what you want to create isn't what you're actively creating? Where do you start? <laughs> yes. Well, again, you know, and I, I say this not as a plug for what I offer, but I say this based on my <laughs> own experiences. Working with someone who is not in your direct lived experience, I think can help to guide you towards what you want. So for someone who says, I'm living a life that is unfulfilled, I'm not saying that you can't change it around 100% on your own. You might be one of those rare people, but I could say from my own experiences and having worked with hundreds of people, who were in situations that they didn't want to be in and wanted to change them, working with other people, whether it's a coach, a support group, even just a friend or a mentor can really help to get you out of your own way. It's very hard to make those epic changes on your own because you're only seeing it through your own experience. Mm. And I think the goal of working with other people is, of course, to see it a different way. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think also, I'm curious, actually, as a coach, if you find people do this often, but I think a lot of people who get to that point where they say, oh, I don't know what I want to do anymore, or I'm not happy, I'm not feeling fulfilled, they turn to immediately, typically, family. And I feel like a lot of times family actually gives pretty awful life advice because it's always through the lens of their own personal experience. And in many ways, I feel like you get exactly what you know you don't want to hear, and then you just sort of stay in the same place. Well, again, I think this is a, a very common situation that entrepreneurs run into is people like us, we iterate often. And so we're often in a position where we're asking people for feedback on our work. And I think part of maybe getting a little bit wiser is you need to be very discerning about whose feedback you ask for. If someone were to come to me and say, man, I'm, I'm really lost right now, I would say, well, as a first step, is there anyone in your world or your network that you admire who you think is doing really well? Maybe see if you can spend some time with them and even just ask them straight up, how do you pull this off? What do you do? What do you do that makes this work for you? I think that so many times, as you said with the family example, we go to people that are kind of around, but 
if we're being honest with ourselves, we wouldn't say that they're exactly thriving. <laughs> Here's a simple takeaway. <laughs> if you wouldn't want like their life for like a week, I probably wouldn't be asking them for advice. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I think that that's, that's generally good advice. You know, I like this mentality around asking yourself when you wake up, what do I want to create today? Let's go a step deeper. If you're sitting here asking yourself, what do I want to create today? And you're pondering that, you're thinking through it. What about people who say, what's my purpose? What's my meaning? Why, why am I even here? And why do I want to start to create what I'm about to create? I'm speaking very high level here, but I think a lot of people are looking for purpose. And I personally have started to believe that like, it's very, very rare. And you might, you might have a different take on this, but I think it's very, very rare that we have a purpose. I think more often than not, we give purpose to the things that happen in our life and the things that happen to us. And the thing that we decide to give purpose to is the thing that we choose to focus on. And that purpose can evolve. It can morph. It can change as we, as we get older, as you live through more shit, your purpose oftentimes will evolve. It's very rare that your purpose in your 20s is going to be your purpose in your 30s, 40s, because you live through different things and things that were very important to you in your 20s have no significance now in your 30s, 40s, 50s, and so on. Yeah, well, I, I really try to get people away from purpose, meaning of life type conversations. I think that they're not particularly helpful. I have never thrived where I said, Elliot, what is your North Star? Right? Like that, that does not get me out of bed. That doesn't get me excited. So again, I think it's less about purpose and maybe more about what's an experiment that I'm willing to try out to see if this makes me happier. Mm. That's like a little bit more low stakes. Again, I coming from the world of copywriting, especially, I mean, I'm a master at grandiose, you know, romantic gestures of universal epicness. And as a coach, I unwind all of those things every single day in my own life and with my clients. There's no, we believe, but bu- bu- we become so corporatized in our own thinking that we think that we need to have some mission statement just to be a human walking around on earth. You don't, dude. Like, take the burden away. Mm. You don't need a purpose. You don't need a mission statement. You need a willingness to experiment for a couple of weeks to see if this thing that seems kind of cool, see if it if it's cool for you. Mm, I love that. Ultimately, yeah. when I sit down to think about what I do every day, yes, I do help people heal their self-limiting beliefs. Yes, I, I do lovingly challenge people to stop playing small and to take risks and to stop people pleasing. All of that stuff is true. But ultimately, I see the work of a coach is you help to just facilitate more awesome shit in the world. Mm. That's it. Whether that's someone making their movie or whether that's someone having a better marriage, I think that that's the better question to ask yourself rather than, oh, what's my purpose? God, <laughs> like that's in the future, man. My purpose is is a thousand steps away. And I know for me, when something is a thousand steps away, it's filled with fear 
and anxiety and doubt and self-limiting beliefs. So I want to slow down and bring it into my present and say, what am I willing to experiment with? What can I do that might make me a little bit happier? Do the doable. Don't be so grand. Don't be so arrogant with your mission statement about the world. No one cares. <laughs> I love that. I think we've covered quite a bit here and lots of bits of gold on, you know, how to live with more intention, how to live with with more purpose. <laughs> Is there anything we haven't covered that you would want our listeners to hear? Yes. I think that there's a few good tips that uh, were very hard earned for me that if it's cool to you, I would, I would love to pass around. Let's do it. Number one is don't confuse money with oxygen. I think that a lot of the time when we get nervous or we run into some pitfalls in our company, it really puts us into this needy kind of reactive mind state where we feel like we have to go out and like get this stuff right now in order to live. I would say if you want to have a long and fun and successful career, you have to really decouple money from survival. I know that sounds crazy, but if you can say, you know, yes, things are a little bit challenging on this front. And I also possess all of these qualities inside me that I know are going to be valuable to others. I think it makes that journey a little bit easier. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think money is something that a lot of people have to grapple with and navigate, especially early on in their life. And I think social media also has like really fucked that one up for a lot of people. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a we don't have enough uh, hours in the day to address that topic. But, you know, I, I do think that the more that you can kind of tune into what success looks like for you, I think it allows you to be a lot more creative and a lot more fluid because that way it kind of is allowed to change every day. I have some days where if I just knock out the things on my commitments list, it's a pretty successful day. I wouldn't say that I'm being some epic aspirational hero, but the things get done. And yeah. other days, your idea of success might be a lot more grandiose and, and uh, majestic. And that's great too. But maybe that's the second thing to pass along is, you know, you don't need to be a Nike commercial in order to be a great entrepreneur or a very, very powerful person. You could actually kind of hang out in your comfort zone and just try to push the wall back 10, 15% a day. And over time, you know, all those marginal gains, I think, will, will really put you in a different strata. But you don't have to be drastic. And to go back to your question way before about the person who's in a job they don't like, I don't tell people to go and quit their jobs and burn it all down. I mean, you can do that. And if you're already thinking that, I'm going to help you out in that process. But <laughs> you don't have to do these heroic gestures. I would say if you can just do the doable and take a couple of aligned actions every day, that'll build up your confidence enough to the point where you can quit your job eventually without too much fear. Mm. You have to respond to the fear first. Yeah. You know, there's so much to think through when you're trying to make change and just be intentional in your life. And I think that that goes back to why it's great to work with a coach. I've worked with probably 10 to 12 different coaches 
I've been to two pretty intense coaching schools. And now in my life, I have three separate coaches, all for different areas. And the reason is not because, you know, I'm in need of tremendous psychotherapeutic support. It's because I want to get out of my own way and I want to work with someone who wants to unlock a better future with me. You Mm. know, I want to work with someone who says, well, if you think that, you know, getting money is so hard, why are you so attached to this belief? You know, or if you think that your job has to be burdensome, why is that? Maybe there's other possibilities out there that are a lot more fun. Mm. It's interesting to hear that you're working with three coaches yourself. Do you care to share a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. I I work with, I would say like more of a energetic coach to deal with the more esoteric aspects of my life. I would say things from my childhood, things that kind of fall more into the realm of like the subconscious and personal history, lowercase t trauma, not like trauma, trauma, but things that have been upsetting to me over the course of my life. I work with someone on that front. I also work with a business coach to really address the things that us artists often run into, which is fundamentals, revenue, P&L, just, you know, very unsexy, necessary stuff. And then my wife and I work with a coach together. I don't really think of her as a marriage counselor, but I think of her more as like a relationship shaman that is very fluent in understanding all of the nuances of what happens and all of the challenges that arise when two people choose to be in an intentional partnership with one another. So Mm. I suppose the reason that I might be a little bit bullish about coaching is not because I happen to be a coach, but it's because these are the people that have demonstrably improved my lives in ways that I don't think I would have ever been able to do on my own. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, the biggest thing for anyone who hasn't worked with a coach, or even if you have worked with a coach, but you're not actively working with the coaches, it's a lot easier to become extremely intentional and do that introspective work to try to understand why you do what you do and why you want what you want and how to think through those things that it's very challenging to sit here by yourself to think through those things on your own. I think almost impossible. I would say it's impossible because you're because <laughs> you're looking through the cloudy mirror of your own fears and doubts and experiences. I think for anyone listening, you've had a moment in your life that probably felt pretty serendipitous where you thought that your life was like a certain way and all of a sudden like something amazing happened. Like for me, I remember I was 15. I was a really big fan of this group, Bad Religion. And I went to their show and I remember sitting on the side of the stage and they were like, does anyone have any requests? And I requested one of their songs and they played it. And I was like, this is amazing. And like when I moved to New York in 2002, I was like, I'm going to work for the Strokes. And through many, many emails and a lot of persistence, I actually wound up getting a job interning for their PR company and would go to their office multiple times a week to drop off packages. And I did it, you know, and life was amazing and magical and expansive. And I think sometimes as we get older, like you were saying, you have a job and you have your bills, you don't give yourself the opportunity to like have your mind blown. 
And I think that coaching at the highest level is helping people connect to those amazing moments that make you feel like a kid and make you feel like anything is possible and that you're not stuck in this spreadsheet world of like, oh, I'm just going to get through this so that one day I can retire to Florida and be happy. <laughs> right? I love that. Yeah, abs- absolutely. We can start to um, wrap up this one. Yeah. Where can people connect with you if they want to follow you, work with you, have a chat with you? Absolutely. My Instagram is the same as my website, which is coaching with L's and that's L's with a Z at the end. And um, my email address is just my initials, ea at coachingwithls.com. You can reach out to me. I tell people on the website that it's a 15 minute consultation, but truthfully, it's, it's really about an hour that we get to talk to one another. The 15 minutes is more to protect myself if someone just is a total skunk and I know I'm not going to want to coach them or spend any time with them. But uh, I would say to anyone listening, if what I shared resonated, we can sit down for an hour and talk about what's going on. You have no obligation to have any relationship with me outside of that hour. But for me, that's really the best way to serve is to give people my time and to really listen to what they're going through and what they need help on. So I would say that if you're interested to have a any kind of a relationship with me, you can reach out directly. And then if you want to just check out some posts on Instagram, you can do that. I also have a weekly newsletter that's been running for about seven years. Uh, you just got added to it. So maybe you could vouch for the content. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. Loving the content so far. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. I just wanted to say what a what a privilege to uh, spend some time together and hopefully, you know, help out the folks that are seeing themselves in some of these things that we've been through and saying, oh, okay, you know, it's it's not just me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Have a lot of things to think after uh, having this conversation with you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been really fun. You know, I I think that for me, trying to build a life around service and creativity has just open up so many doors. And I'll just end on this note. You know, I, I think when you're an entrepreneur and you or just any person living your life and you do have material needs, it's hard to get out of that lizard brain of like, what can I get? What can I get? Who's gonna who's gonna pay me? Who's gonna satisfy this need? And I think that when you can slow down and say, what can I give? What are the things already inside of me that can help others? It turns your day of oh, failed sales calls. You're dead to me. This guy's a schmuck. Why didn't you buy this? Why don't you want to invest in my business? Why can't you do your job? You know, all the things that, of course, we've, we've all experienced. But it goes from that into this like kind of gamification of my day mm. where the stakes are a lot lower because I might need money, but I don't need your money. And I might need clients, but I don't need for you to be my clients. And so I would, uh, sorry, I'm just going to throw in a really cool buzzer beater that has helped me out so much for any entrepreneur. Samurais, before going into battle, would picture their wife and children crying, okay? They would picture as if they had died in the battle and their wife is screaming, oh my God, I'm so sad my husband died. And the reason they did this was because they could go into battle completely clear. They have nothing to gain and nothing to lose. They just have to be present and fight the fight. 
And so I would say to any entrepreneur, if you find yourself before a big pitch meeting or something that you think you need, right? You need to really die and say, I might need investment. I don't need this guy's investment. This also mm -hmm. applies to dating. I might need a life partner at some point, but I don't need this person to be my life partner. And this attitude has helped me so much. I, this is not my idea. I learned this from Steve Chandler, who's one of the greatest coaches of all time. He's written hundreds of books. I would tell anyone listening to the podcast, pick one that is on a topic that's hurting you and check it out because he's amazing. Mm. Steve Chandler said, be the samurai, die before the battle. You can go in and just have fun and just see what happens. Mm. Well, that's an awesome place to, to end this one. Lots of bits of gold there. Awesome, man. Well, thank you. Uh, this has been a very golden time. Uh, I think what you're doing is terrific. And uh, again, I hope to anyone listening that what I had to say was of some value. And if you've had these problems yourself, at least you know that you're not the only one who's had to walk through these dysfunctions en route to greatness. Amazing. Well, thanks for coming on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you. All the links for this episode can be found in the show notes. If you found something helpful from this episode to help you live with more intention, I want to hear from you. Shoot me a message on Instagram at DanLevGoldberg. Finally, if you can, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It would mean the world. It truly helps with growing the show. That's all for today. Thanks for living with purpose today and every day, and I'll see you next time. I love your podcast. This is gold. This is where it's at. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.